0: Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R A M slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank. Members of DIC terms and conditions apply.
1: Hi, folks. Welcome to Inclusive Collective, where we share stories and learnings of inclusive people, organizations, and innovation. I'm your co host, Nadia Butt. I'm an organizational development and belonging strategist. And I am joined by Rob Hadley, a people and culture strategist specializing in DEI and people analytics. We are the duo you never knew you needed. And Rob, <laughs> hello, we hello. are back. Season four. Are you ready?
2: Season four energy. Yeah, I'm feeling it.
1: Feeling it? Yeah. How was your summer?
2: My summer was. Fantastic. We've had a couple episodes recently, so I think that people know that I almost died in Brazil. I, <laughs> I, I was just going to say, you like was literally almost died, bitten by <laughs> some sort of ferocious insect that oh nearly killed me. And but other than that, I'm good. Yeah, no, everything's great. I'm feeling good. You recovered? Of, of, yeah, totally yeah. recovered. Everyone, yeah, people <laughs> they listen to the podcast like many months after the event occurred. So people are asking me yeah. how I am now. Yeah. and I'm like that was like two months ago, so I'm I'm totally yeah, fine. You're
1: like I'm good. That's great. That was happened when you were traveling in, in Brazil, right? Yes, yes, to see my okay. wife's
2: family. Yes,
1: yes. Well, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you recovered. Yeah. How the was trip your summer? Otherwise, was great. Um, my summer was good. Uh, a lot of writing. My study got approved for my dissertation, so I am. In the midst of collecting data, okay. um, which means I'm interviewing participants. Ooh, fun. Um, so it, I'm moving along here. The the <laughs> there's a light at the end of the tunnel.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't wish um, it. I um, wouldn't wish a PhD on my worst enemy. So I'm always really very, yeah. <laughs> that's good to know. Sounds not fun,
1: but you, know, you seem it, to be enjoying it. Yeah, you know I got this every week to look forward to, so that's absolutely keeping me like. Well, one thing that did happen over the summer, Rob, was oh. um, we were humbled to have won the 2023 Golden Crane Award for Best Business Finance Podcast. Yes.
2: Yes. Indeed. So
1: congratulations, congratulations to, you, to and you and Ari and the team at Refillion and to me. Yes. Yeah. I now um, introduce and,
2: myself as an award-winning podcast host. right? As you should. I, I, as you in should. every interaction. That's what I say.
1: <laughs> like when you're dropping your kid off at school, you're like, Hi, I'm Rob, an award-winning podcast
2: host. Yes. I
1: love it. Well, um, we do just want to thank the folks at the Asian American Podcasters Association. This award honors podcasts of distinction and overall excellence and aims to recognize and increase the visibility of Asian American podcasters. Um, And so it was a super fun evening. I was virtual, but it was both hybrid. It was virtual and in person really fantastic and brilliant podcasters and nominees um it was a black tie event Ron, yeah you would have loved it you would have showed up the, in your tux like no doubt
2: yeah you had the dress on right
1: totally i was wearing the dress i matched the background um <laughs> screen it was black with like gold sparkle and that's what i was wearing in my dress but it was it was grand and really lovely uh, to have won. so thank yeah. you to to the judges and the folks at AAPA. I
2: think it's fair to say that for me and not being Asian American at all sure. or of, any, yeah. of Asian descent, as far as yeah. I know, I've never done the 23 and me, uh stuff, but it's not something that I could have predicted for the path that, <laughs> right? <laughs> for my, yeah,
1: I mean, who knows? <laughs> I
2: think it's a testament to being open to all possibilities. And I'm so proud to work with you and be associated with you in this show and with our team at Refilion, our, our editor as well. So, um, you know, and I know that you submit one episode, right, when, when you're being judged. And so I would say yeah. that some of our listeners might also point out that a few weeks ago, I gave an extended monologue on why I thought awards were <laughs> stupid.
1: I know
0: you did.
2: And, and so I want to yeah. clarify, right? So, like, I was yeah. saying that in the context of Richard Dreyfus, the actor, saying that the New Academy Awards, uh, you know, the diversity standards made him sick and he wanted to allow, you know. And so I was saying like, why are these awards for art even necessary? But when you yeah. look at something like the Golden Crane Awards, which we are now winners of, and their mission, which is to promote Asian American creatives and put a spotlight yeah, on their work.
1: Representation. I'm in a sure.
2: hundred times out of a hundred for something like that. And so, yeah. uh, you, know, you know, really honored to be a part of it. And, and Nadia, now I just want to make that note that uh, Richard Dreyfus will never win a Golden Crane Award so I like, think there's never so we're, we're... I
1: mean yeah maybe unless he's like a podcast co-host you never know
2: maybe <laughs> I I doubt it so I think that's something you we'll always it. have yeah. on Richard Dreyfus.
1: a hundred percent how would you introduce yourself to Richard Dreyfus if you met I'd
2: him? say I'm Rob Hadley, a Golden Crane award-winning podcast host
1: amazing I love it well yeah congrats to all um at the affiliate team and to the other nominees as well as the other winners um we Been following a lot of them on social media and they're excellent. So check them, check out all of the nominees and the recipients um, on the AAPA website, and that's the Asian American Podcasters Association.
2: Awesome. So, Nadia, this week on Inclusive Collective, we'll be officially launching our fourth season. We'll reintroduce ourselves. We're going to talk about what's changed, we'll talk about some changes to the show. And the format this season, and we'll also do a little bit of a preview of our big time first guest interview.
1: Yes, really looking forward to that. But
2: first, let's let's take a moment. We had a lot of uh, you know obviously the the publicity from our big uh, you know award win. will will bring a lot of new folks into the show. And so just yeah. want to take a moment. let's reintroduce, uh, and we've had some new listeners even at the end of last season, right? And so let's just yeah. take a moment. let's let's uh, you know talk a little bit about. Uh, who we are and just reintroduce ourselves to the audience as is, uh, you know, as is customary at this time of year. Right. So Nadia, tell us about yourself. Give us a little bit, you know, uh, for those that are new to the show.
1: Yeah, that's great. So professionally, um, I'm the founder and principal consultant of Nods Consulting um, and where we specialize in leadership development, strategy and planning, coaching, Um, I am aging myself, but Mm -hmm. I have over 20 years of leadership, learning, and organizational change management experience. I've met, this is how Rob and I know each other. We worked in previous um, worlds, in many of these fields. Um, And so I focus on people and management practices, including continuous improvement and, of course, diversity, equity, inclusion. Um, Transforming workplace culture is my jam. Like, anyone that knows me knows that I love this type of work i love supporting organizations and creating safe and inclusive spaces um you know i previously worked at two fortune 500 companies um two boutique consulting firms before starting my own thing here um (laughs) and all of these experiences led me to what i do now so you know the last four years or so I've, i've spent time supporting organizations and understanding what their current state um whether it's diversity, equity, inclusion or employee engagement and what their learning needs are, you know, helping them kind of establish what their future state might look like and then helping them, of course, close the gaps. Um, and we can do that in several different ways, like building um, customized training and workshops and coaching and so on. Personally speaking, that was a mouthful, huh? <laughs> no, I, <laughs> a lot there. I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> um Personally speaking, um, I'm a I'm a Muslim. I'm a daughter of Pakistani immigrants. I'm a sister. I'm a recent aunt. My brother and his wife had a six month um, baby girl. Um, I'm a researcher. I'm a podcaster, um, and I'd say much of these, um, all of these kind of different pieces of identity have informed much of my career and education. So, you know, when I'm not co hosting with you, Rob, I'm conducting research. Um, which is focused on belonging and social identity in the workplace.
2: Awesome, awesome. So then, then, my follow-up would be: so we've been doing this for about eighteen months now, and so the question would be: what is something that you think about when you think about how your perspective has changed since we first started doing this, Nadia? Yeah,
1: eighteen months—that's a long time. Something wrong. like that.
2: I don't know. <laughs> it's
1: like wild. I huh? may have made that up. Um, the first, uh, like the first. You're officially on my speed dial. So that's changed. (laughs) Like I'm fairly certain we talk at least once a day. Um, But I will say like, I love the, this reflection question um, because like what we, what I've learned, like one thing that's pretty consistent is that I feel like every time we talk to a guest, I'm learning something new, whether Mm -hmm. it's like some, you know, someone's perspective or someone's experience, everyone's unique in that perspective. Um, And, you know, What's consistent is they might all approach their work differently, but for the most part, they all want the same things, like whether that's fair, equitable, inclusive environments. And I think that's been really fun. Um, I've also learned that podcasting in general, I never really thought about this before, but it's not for everyone. I learned that because like many of my friends don't even listen to it, but (laughs) But what I've learned is that it's it's actually a mode of learning that some people need they in terms of accessibility mm-hmm. and, like, they prioritize it. And I never thought about that before, like, and it's weighed heavily on me that in the last few, um the last, what, 18 months that we've done this, that we didn't have the capacity to get our episodes transcribed. People might say, like, oh, that's really easy, but, like, this is really just, like, a three-person deal here. And so our capacities are limited and and I know I'm making excuses, but it has weighed heavily on me. And so when I think about that and what we're, we're always all about like continuous improvement, I've learned that this is something that people have reached out to us to say, like, we are looking for those transcriptions. Like mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. want to be able to like hear what you folks have to say. And so what's really cool is that we are focused on ha- making sure that we have those transcriptions available for season four. Right. And so that's one thing that I've learned is like really t- Taking the perspective of someone else that is seeking an accommodation or a need, and really trying to help them um, the best that we can, and so it's cool because you also learn that like there are listeners who are avid fans who like people want to people who want to listen to us, like what, <laughs> so like they want to hear us weekly, which like I'm so humbled by that, um, but I recognize that like this podcasting thing is such a privilege. Um, that I have the honor of doing and, um, getting to like learn from our guests and our, even our, our listeners and being able to use this platform is just really incredible. And I just love hanging out with you on a weekly basis. Oh,
2: that's great. Yeah, no, I think that's, yeah, I just want to reinforce that because we learn so much from doing this and you're, you're speaking out into the world and then you hope something comes back. And so we get a lot of great feedback from listeners. We get great feedback from each other, from our editor, Ari. Uh, right. So we, at the end of every episode, we have to listen to it and see if we like what we said, if we said it the right way. And so there's obviously times when we have to, you know, it's like, eh, I didn't I didn't really necessarily land the right way. We're talking about sensitive topics. Right. And so right. um definitely have those discussions. And so I learned a ton just from doing this and hanging out with uh, with you. So, um, yeah. Okay. Love it. Sweet.
1: Yeah. So who are you, Rob? Who
2: am I? Well, I'm Rob Hadley. And when I'm not hosting an award winning podcast, not yet. <laughs> I do people and culture strategy. Uh, I do engagements that sit at the intersection of DEI, employee experience, people analytics, mostly with big corporations. Uh, but I'm starting to gain a little bit of traction with some uh, rapidly scaling um, companies, startups, uh, biotechs, things like that, as well as nonprofits as well. They're really fun to hang out with. I've hung out with big corporations my whole life. So getting to hang out with some, some smaller growing firms is really cool. My background is in finance, strategy, operational excellence, and analytics. And then over again, you know, the last 20 years, there's always been some sort of storytelling component uh, using data, right? Um, and then a few years ago, I've turned my focus to solving problems for diversity, equity, and inclusion using data. And I found that one, it suits kind of a natural inclination that I have toward uh, skepticism, right? Because there's often answers to the problems mm-hmm. that we're presented with in this field but people pretend like there aren't sometimes or or want to say that it's too hard or for whatever reason and so um and then two i'm incredibly fulfilled in my mission to bend the universe more toward equity right and so Mm -hmm. um i get to meet cooler people uh you know i get invited to more fun parties than i ever did when i was uh Uh, Working in in a corporation, Um, so really, really fun. You know, obviously, this podcast is a huge part of that. What we do. So, um, right now, my focus is on designing and fixing people processes intentionally to be more equitable and inclusive. I have a program program that I call Equity Inclusion Mapping, where with HR leaders and their teams to co-create more equitable and inclusive people processes. So, like performance management, hiring, supplier diversity, things like that. So. Um, personally, I wasn't prepared yeah. for that. So personally, yeah, I, know. I, I live in, so I'm i I'm a white cis male in DEI. So, uh, you know, so that I'm often told that I'm unique in some way and just uh, spending most of my time in this field. I, um, I, you know, live in Utah. I have, uh, a wife, um, son, a brilliant, uh, 10 year old son, uh, billions, soccer playing soccer playing you know love awesome, soccer, awesome yep. kid uh we record the podcast with my dog ellie who's always in the office with me as we're recording this um and oh. i love to uh you know cook i'm maturing rapidly it would seem so like i do a lot of sports and i get hurt a lot so uh usually <laughs> somewhat injured whenever i'm doing the podcast in some way there's some there's some injury <laughs> happening at, at any given point
1: yeah right Uh, Well, thank you for sharing that. What has changed for you? Like, what are some things that you've learned since the show started?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, uh, it's fun to listen to some of those first episodes. So I was reflecting that I certainly see the world moving in the direction that we thought it would uh, a couple of years ago when we first started talking about this. So um, I just didn't foresee why that would be the case. And what I mean was like, I think about every week we talk about a story where DEI is under threat. It's you know highly politicized. It's scapegoated, targeted by people with various agendas for what I think are all the wrong reasons. And um, I think that's why the show is becoming more relevant, right? As we have these thoughtful discussions, really interesting guests. Uh, I think it would be a great show for the people that are told that DEI is this really terrible thing coming to, uh, you know, yeah, with with your some, neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming <laughs> yeah. to coming to uh you know whatever replace you or whatever uh whatever kind of scary things are out there because you see that it's just so much about like uh thoughtful uh management right like in leadership and um and there's really nothing you know it should be very controversial about the things that we're talking about every week and so um i think that also because things have become so emotional uh and politicized that a focus on data-driven DEI is more important than ever and so uh I'm Mm -hmm. I really like where the show's going and I think that I I think it's a show that can bring people together uh well we'll see if that's the case it's certainly not meant to be ever be divisive um and it's meant to be inclusive
1: I love that thanks Rob for sharing um should we talk about the, the the kind of format of the show and what people can expect? Yeah, yeah. Let's
2: talk about what's what what's, what's changing in season four.
1: Yeah. So season four, this season, um, Inclusive Collective will be dropping out on Tuesdays. So originally we were Mondays. We are now shifting to Tuesdays. Again, just to reiterate, uh, our goal is to have the transcripts available for those who'd like access to them. We'll have the same deets, um, just so folks who are newer listening, when we say deets, what we're referring to is our way of covering um, workplace and DEI current events. Um, and then we'll also be uh, still, we'll be calm reflecting. And that is kind of our take on Rob and I's take on combining reflections of the conversations that we're having, whether it's um, after a guest that we had. Uh, Rob, will we still be ranting and raving? We'll be
2: ranting and raving. Yes, uh I think you know. um uh, You know, originally we decided who was going to rant and who was going to rave by a coin flip. Now it's yeah. just you me you texting me sometime during yeah. the week and telling me either something that you're upset about and want to rant about, or something that you send me in order to make me upset about something.
1: Yeah, uh, something <laughs> I
0: feel like that's that more will piss of the me case. off,
2: and so I'll do the rant. So that's that's yeah. how we decide now. Just. uh by, by text during the week. But yes, we will be right. ranting and raving. Uh, and sometimes we even double rave when we want to be positive.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Cause, cause the world's already hard enough.
2: <laughs> and, and Nadia will be launching a new segment and we're going to try that out right now. Right. So this, this segment is going to be called tentatively titled, can I get two minutes on? And it is based upon uh, those of us that have worked in organizations or in offices, um, you know, I've been working from home since about 2018, right? And so, mm-hmm. and you, you worked at home quite a bit too before that. Yeah, a yeah, about 2016,
1: 2017. There yeah. you go.
2: And so remember like the pandemic and everyone started working from home and and everyone
1: like came to you out. and they're like,
2: this is amazing. I get so much done, right? There's like that immediate <laughs> yeah. burst of productivity. And the thing that they said was the, the main root cause of that driver and productivity increase was. The lack of people stopping by your desk and asking for your thoughts for totally. two minutes on something, your desk, your office. So anyone that works in an organization, in an office setting, you're trying to get work done, trying to focus. And someone walks by and they're like, hey, uh, can I get your thoughts on this? Can I get two minutes on this? Um, and so. That's what we're doing today I feel like I've
1: actually done that to you when we did work in an office <laughs> together like I'm having moments of me coming up to your office being like hey yeah get two minutes
2: sometimes it's welcome sometimes it's not right and <laughs> right but uh, so yeah so we're gonna do we're gonna get two minutes I'm gonna start by and so I'm gonna get you back for when you got me when, when we were together right and so tonight so one of the things I hear a lot uh, from folks and uh, leaders especially is is Hey, I can't necessarily keep up with the language, right? So like the language of DEI is changing, terms change so often. And, Mm -hmm. and gee, you know, how do I, how do I keep up and, and, you know, what, what should I be thinking about? And how do I know if I'm not saying the wrong thing? So, you know, give me, give me two minutes of coaching. Can I get two minutes on, on changing language around DEI?
1: I love it. Yeah, we do get this question a lot. Um, so yes, language is always evolving, uh, and I think there's like kind of two angles worth discussing. I'll do it really quickly in two minutes, but there are those people that um, who are the language regulators. Like they are the ones that who are always correcting people, um, likely because they are tired or often offended by people not using the most up to date language. Mm. They likely do have like the best of intentions, but if if they're not influencing other people on like evolved language in a more welcoming manner they could just come across as like the pc police like right right when so when i say pc like politically correct Mm -hmm. the other angle is like the person who's committing so like it's really up to the individual to course correct right but like they have to seek to understand and learn so most times people are fairly open to having a conversation or providing feedback on language that's offensive or outdated so it's having, um, approaching it with like an open mind, being mindful of um, microaggressions, practicing empathy and active listening. So these are things that can help foster a supportive environment. That being said, I think that oftentimes, especially in my practice, I've come across people that think that inclusive language is only using the correct pronouns and gendered language. Sure. And yes, that's, that's true. And there's more, right? There's, there's even things, and I'll give examples like, using um we we've gotten accustomed to using things like christmas break instead of winter break mm-hmm. or using terms like husband and wife instead of partner or spouse mm-hmm. um, but these are other examples of forms of inclusive language so the the idea here is that yes it evolves and like we have so many resources to understand like when things change and then being open to someone who might be providing you feedback of them saying like, yes, this has changed. We no longer say Christmas break. And this is the reason why. And like having that like open mindset to actively listen as to why that might be offensive to someone or why it's changed. I think that's um, something that I would just, you know, encourage people to think about. So it's like, it's, it's being open to, why it's changed and understanding why, and then practicing um, when being able to practice, being able to course correct, right, and like learning to seek and understand. Awesome. Um, does that kind of answer the question?
2: Yeah. No. That's a that was a that was a brilliant two minutes. I think it actually might have been two minutes. So well, well oh, done. Right on the dot. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. So, thanks for that two minutes, Nadia. We'll be offering workplace culture di life tips. Tricks, advice, and coaching all season long. That was great. Let's take a short break, and we'll be back with more inclusive collectives.
1: Welcome back, folks. Rob, let's talk about what's staying the same in season four. We're still going to have the same deets. We're going to have the Ransom Raves like we mentioned. What, well, what else is staying the same?
2: Yeah, so obviously not changing our lineup of DEI, and workplace culture, thought leaders, founders. Uh, those folks with innovative products or companies, things that make the world more inclusive. So we're really excited about the guest uh, list that we have, the lineup that we have coming up.
1: Yeah. N- not to mention, Rob, next week we have our first guest for season four, huge guest, Mita Malik. Uh, a full interview with her. Um, such a great conversation we had. Mita, for folks that don't know, um, Mita is the, the DE&I leader at Carta. Um, she's a DEI thought leader, a contributor to the Harvard Business Review, and many other publications. She's a podcaster as well. And now she's the author of um, the upcoming book, Reimagine Inclusion Debunking 13 Myths to Transform Your Workplace. Um, I think we have a clip here. So let's listen to a clip of our upcoming chat with her here.
2: Mita, I want to talk about a holes uh, and uh, the kind that we the Let's kind that we it. find at it work. do it, <laughs> right? So, and one of my favorites. Uh, so, um, there's a myth there it, the, uh, that we protect the a holes because our business wouldn't run without them. And talk about like you set this up earlier, things that we don't necessarily talk about, the stories that we don't tell, uh, we don't, you know, we don't talk enough about, right? That there are people in an organization that uh, can have an outsized impact, right, on the inclusivity of an organization. And uh, often they're in positions of power. And so, so talking about this this myth, uh, what are some of the things that companies need to do to make sure they're dealing with their a-holes?
3: So, many companies have processes in place. I talk about that in this myth and the story, which I won't give away, you all read. But it is me as an individual who shows up and wreaks havoc because of my bias, because I have a long-standing relationship with Rob. Rob didn't mean that. He didn't do that. We're misinterpreting. Mm. So I'll give Rob more chances than I'll give Nadia, right? Mm-hmm. Nadia makes a mistake. She's out. And the question I ask is, I, I'm not going to use Rob. I'll use Mita. Let's, let's I feel <laughs> like I'll put like, like, oh, Rob on the hot you. Nobody like, you know, Mita works for Nadia. The question for Nadia is, how much hurt and harm can Mita continue to cause in this organization without repercussions? She's lost five women of color on her team in nine days, but she's still allowed to stay. And, you know, I I ask leaders when I coach them and work with them, it's like, how much of the company are you willing to sacrifice for this one person? Mm -hmm. How much of your own leadership brand are you willing to sacrifice? And it's so fascinating how we will put personal relationships above for this one individual above all else. Even when we hear the feedback, and we make so many excuses, and to me it's just sort of baffling, especially when the data is there. But one of the things I talk about a lot is, you know, exit interview data. It's like it's written telling. in a notebook on a number two pencil sometimes, and no one ever sees it again, or it's erased, and it's like, <laughs> you know, if we we're were in even the middle of this call, I yeah, I gotta bad customer review, I'd hang up and go check that review on Amazon and do everything I could to send Nadia a basket of shampoo and get her on the phone and be like, why didn't you like the product? We, don't treat, you know, we treat our employees like the forgotten consumer. We don't actually think about exit interviews the way we do customer reviews. And so the question is, a lot of these things your employees are telling you when they're leaving and we're choosing either to bury them, pretend we didn't hear it or ignore it. Because if Mita has been a problem for a while, there's been a lot of people who have expressed it where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm
2: -hmm. So I love that clip, Nadia. I love that conversation. I highly encourage everyone to tune in next week with that full conversation. So Mita offers a lot of great insight. We were able to read the book. The book's fantastic. And so we have a deep conversation about what's in that book and then also some of her thoughts Mm -hmm. on DEI more broadly.
1: All right. Let's go ahead and take a short break, Rob, and we'll be back with our final thoughts. Welcome back, folks. All right, Rob, let's wrap up with one thing that we are most excited about heading into the fourth season. What do you got for me?
2: Can I just say awesome guests, right? So, again, we have a great lineup. Um, we have yeah. a – think about the folks that we have. we got a child prodigy coming up. We're going to talk wellness. Yeah. A lot of AI talk, uh, leading recruiters, we have architects, uh, founders, really fun lineup, really excited about the folks that will be joining us. Um, I am also, Nadia, very excited that there will be a Republican primary going on throughout the fall.
1: Oh, yeah. And that means every
2: week you will be losing your mind uh, and I will be trying to calm you down so I'm really I excited to, for, well, for some I of those think, conversations.
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to be losing your mind, but we'll, I think mutually we'll be lose our minds and we'll be having really fun conversations about it, I'm sure. And
2: we're we'll going to try to stay positive the whole time.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I'm looking forward to the guests as well, like if, like you said, Rob, we're like top-notch people coming on, change makers, advocates, really just people who are inspiring me and like I think really want to change the world. But also, I think this might surprise you, Rob. I'm really looking forward to us challenging each other. Mm. Like I don't know if we have a problem, but um the the problem is that both you and I align on many things and it's really rare when we disagree. So I I um I don't know, I kind of want to roll. model I hope that we disagree on something at some point and we can role model what like healthy <laughs> debates like could look like. Um, And so maybe there will be a news story that we won't align. Won't align. Well, let's look
2: for something to disagree on. That could be a new segment. Things we disagree on.
1: (laughs) Oh right. That could be
2: healthy, or it could be that that could basically uh, torpedo season five before it even gets underway. Right. (laughs)
1: Right.
2: Um, All right, Nadia, that was so much fun. Uh, Yeah, thanks so much. Looking forward to season four. That's it for this season opener of Inclusive Collective. Just a friendly reminder that if you're looking for DEI workplace culture, strategy, consulting, problem solving, or training, you can reach Nadia at Nadia at consultants.com and Rob at Rob at Consulting.com. Inclusive Collective is a production of Refillion Media and edited by Ari Mathay. We'd love to hear from you, so send us your feedback at Collective at Refillion.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok Be sure to follow up on LinkedIn so you can subscribe to the IC monthly newsletter, which features add-ins and outtakes from the show. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcast. Thanks again to you, our listeners. So glad to have you back with us. We'll be back next week. Thanks, Nadia.
1: Be well.